Welcome to the Forgiven Once For All podcast. My name is Shannon Lee, and I will be your host today. Today, we're going to talk about how to read your Bible. This is something that has troubled many people. A lot of people have stopped reading their Bible, quite frankly, because they don't know where to start. They don't know how it fits together. Have you ever started trying to read your Bible and you started at Genesis and then you lost interest somewhere in Leviticus? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So how should we read our Bible? Should we read it like a book from front to cover? No. No, we shouldn't. You see, the Bible, it's actually 66 different books that are composed by at least 40 different authors over a period of time of 1,500 years. So we need to know where all these books fit in with each other, or we're going to get stuck. See, the first thing we need to ask ourselves is, who was this verse written to? Who was the original audience? Who was this verse written to? Who was this chapter written to? Who was this book written to? These are things that we need to ask ourselves when we go to start reading the Scripture. The next thing we need to ask is, when was it written? And I'm not talking about time. I'm talking about points in a covenant. Was it written in an old covenant or was it written in a new covenant? We're going to talk about this a little bit more later. You see, Scripture, it was written to at least three different groups of people. First, you had the Jews. You had Moses and and God was giving them the law. We have the first five books of the Bible, which is called the Torah, and the rest of the Old Testament that was written specifically to the Jews. Then we have the New Testament that was written to believers and unbelievers, to the church, those that believed or those that didn't. It was written to Jews, those that believed and those that didn't. Some of the scriptures are directly written to us. So here we've got to be able to divide it up and ask ourselves, who is this scripture written to? See, all scripture is written for you, but not necessarily to you. This is something we've got to understand. And believe me, when we understand this, the Bible will begin to open up to you. You will no longer be frustrated because of contradictions, because you'll understand that this is written to somebody else. Yes, I can draw value from it. Yes, it has instruction and meaning to me, but it was not written to me. So 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 says, Every scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the person dedicated to God may be capable and equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So what does it mean to rightly divide the word of truth? If we look at this word divide, it literally means to cut straight or to separate rightly, to teach correctly. So where would we divide the word of truth? 
What is Paul trying to speak to us here? We need to separate it correctly. You see, we have an Old Testament and we have a New Testament. The Old Testament has the Old Covenant in it, the law. That was given to Moses. It was given to the Jews specifically. See, outsiders, Gentiles, people that were not Jews were excluded from the Old Covenant. This is important for us to know. This was given to the Jews, God's people, specifically. The New Testament has the New Covenant. It's it's the New Covenant of the cross. That covenant was given to everyone. It doesn't matter if they were Jew, if they were Gentile, if they were from far off lands that nobody heard of. To every human, the new covenant was for them. You see, a testament is a will. You've heard of the term last will and testament. A testament or a will is never enacted until the tester dies. So you don't reap inheritance from a will until the person whose will it is has passed away. So we take a look at our Bibles and we see that they're neatly divided. We can look and see that at the end of the Old Testament, we have the book of Malachi, and then we turn to the New Testament and we and we see the book of Matthew. But Matthew 1.1 is not where the new covenant begins. We need to understand this, that the new covenant, the promise that God made with us, the new covenant that did away with the law and did away with sin and brought our forgiveness, that new covenant didn't start in Matthew 1.1, but it started at the death of Jesus on the cross. See, the old covenant of the law was fulfilled by Christ. See, the cross is the dividing line between the covenants. This is what Jesus meant when he said, it is finished. He finished the law. He finished sin. He finished death. He paid for the price of the new covenant with his own blood. You see, everything before the cross is Old Covenant, and it is not written to you, but it has value for you. We need to understand this. Everything after the cross is New Covenant. It is either written to the church or to unbelievers, Jews or Gentiles. In the Old, the New is concealed. In the New, the old is revealed. We must look at the Old Testament through the lens of the New Covenant. This is the only way we can understand our Bible and not be frustrated. We cannot mix the messages. We've got to look at the old through the lens of the New Covenant and your identity in Jesus Christ. This is why many people have stopped reading their Bibles. They look in the New Testament and they see that Jesus paid the price for our sin. They see that there's grace and forgiveness. Then they look at the Old Testament and they see the law. It says, if you do this, then I will bless you. But if you don't, I will curse you. And they become confused. See, the new covenant 
It's not a covenant of works. It's not a covenant of if you do this, then God will keep his promise and do this. The new covenant is a promise. It's a free gift where Christ did the work and we are the beneficiaries. Let's read some scripture. Hebrews 8, 6-7, and then verse 13. It says, But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, by as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. For if the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion sought for a second. Verse 13, it says, When he said a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. But whatever is becoming obsolete is growing old and is ready to disappear. Hebrews 10.10, it says, And in accordance with his will, God, we have been made holy, consecrated, and sanctified through the offering made once for all, the body of Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. That was from the Amplified Version. Now let's read Luke twenty-two nineteen through 20 Then he took bread, and after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So here we have several scriptures here that talks about a new covenant. We see that the old covenant, that there was something wrong with it. We see that it was not without fault, that there was a better covenant coming, the covenant of grace. We see that this covenant of grace was sealed by the blood of Jesus. You see, the new covenant replaces completely the old covenant. That means it replaces the law. We are not under the law. The old covenant was flawed because it was between God and the Jews, and they did not keep their end of the deal. Quite frankly, they never could. You see, the law was here to show us what sin was and to show us that it was an impossible standard. And it was to prepare the way for Jesus to come and to pay the price once for all. See, what makes the new covenant better is that it's between God and Jesus. We're just the beneficiaries. We have no part in this covenant. See, this covenant cannot be broken because it's between God and himself. It's between two absolutes that cannot lie, that cannot let the other down. You see, the old covenant was between God and the Jews, and the Jews did not keep their end of the bargain. But God and God cannot break the covenant. So we reap the benefits of Jesus paying the price for this covenant. This is why Paul wrote in Romans 8, 38-39, 
For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities nor powers, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is how powerful this covenant is. It's an unbreakable promise that God made with himself for us. See, we need to understand these things if we're going to understand our Bible. When we go to look at Old Testament scripture, where it's written on a condition, and it's written on a promise, if you do this, then I will do this, cannot apply that to our lives. Because God has made the promise and done the work himself. So when we read our Bibles, we need to read it from the point of view of the church. We have been mixing this message for too long. We have put Old Covenant and New Covenant together and mixed it together to the point where we're absolutely confused and frustrated. This is why many have quit reading their Bibles altogether. So when you read your Bible, ask yourself, is this written to me or does it have value for me? Is the scripture in the new covenant or is it in the old covenant? You see, Paul exclusively taught the new covenant, but he read the old covenant scriptures through new covenant glasses. This is what we must do. I hope this helped you today. I hope that you find value in this, and I hope that you're able to pick up your Bible and to begin rightly dividing this word and rightly understanding how it applies to you and your new identity in Christ. If you found this to be helpful, check us out on the web at ForgivenOnceForAll.com or check us out on Facebook at Forgiven Once For All. Remember, God is madly in love with you. Until next time.